Shut up and sit down. everyone and welcome to the podcast tonight we're going to continue our group therapy session <laughs> regarding fandom and this is what happened to me today i received i woke up as one does got my tea made myself an egg mcmuffin <laughs> i did actually yeah and i came and sat down at my desk I'm going through my stuff, and there are all these notifications from DreamWiz. And I was like, what the hell is this? EAD's been over for a month, practically. And I'm like, why am I getting all these messages? And I usually get a couple of messages from DreamWiz a month. But I was like getting, uh, why, where are these things coming from, right? And so, and then I come across this email from this person who has not emailed me in about a year. For reasons that will become clear shortly. And she started off with thanking me for forgiving the Harry Potter fandom. Ugh, I'd be like, I haven't. And I was like, I'm, I'm tilting my head because her name looks familiar. And I'm like, what's... And then I started to think about it. And then I realized that I had screenshots of this whore, excuse me, this bitch, um, from a particular Facebook group talking too much shit about me a year ago. How I was overrated and how I was too arrogant and how she, I mean, it was just like, I had screenshot after screenshot after screenshot of this bitch talking shit about me in a very large group on Facebook. I thought to myself, how am I going to respond to this? And I thought, oh, okay. And so I just hit reply and inserted all the screenshots of her talking shit to me and hit send. Shit about me. <laughs> Good response. Um, because for the record, I don't forgive them. And for those of you who are not in the loop, and I did not actually post the um, podcast or, or the discussion that I had about this particular topic, and I'm not going to because I don't actually want to have a full-blown hot mess again. But I encountered a file sharing group that was had this big bashing gun about me and it pissed me off and so i posted a little ranty shit message on my facebook wall as i can sp speaking specifically about this group and then i left all the facebook groups that i belong to that involved harry potter and especially harmony which was part of the problem um and this one group took great offense to the fact that i left made these vast assumptions about me about what I was doing and why I was doing it. The administrator posted this big jackass bashing thread. Um, and got I got dogpiled in a group I didn't even belong to. But what they didn't know at the time. And what I'm sure they know now. Especially after today. Is that I received a screenshot of every single fucking response on that post. I received multiple copies of those screenshots. And it eventually went over to Reddit. And it was just a big nasty mess. And I'm like you know what. I don't. I don't actually forgive them. I don't think about them on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm like, are, are, are you fucking serious right now? Do you, do you think that my, my EAD experience is about you? Apparently they do. Do you think that my work is about you and me? Girl, bitch, please. This is, this is, this is full-blown Harry Potter and the audacity of this bitch. Or maybe the lion, the witch, and the audacity of this bitch. One of the two. One of the two. It's one of the two. And so I'm like, mm. and so she responded and said, um, 
She says, that was really unfair. So unfair. I respond again. Yeah, I, I hit reply again and put some more screenshots of her acting like a jackass on that thread. And I hit send again because... Here's the thing about fandom, and especially actually, this is just about online. People, <laughs> people have this belief that they can say anything they want online, and that there are no consequences for this behavior. And so she emails back, and she says, "Will you at least give me a sentence?" And I said, "You really don't want me to give you a sentence, but I will." And I quoted myself. Sentence about said, what? There is no statute. Huh? She just wanted me to give her some words instead of the pictures of her bad behavior. So I said, there is no statute of limitations on disrespect. And I hit send. And I haven't gotten a response back. I don't think I will. But here's the thing. People in fandom think they can treat you like shit. Participate in a dog pile. Blame you for their bad behavior. And then act wounded when you don't forgive them. Like you're somehow obligated to do that. Well here's here's some life facts for you. I'm 46 years old. I don't often. I, I'm 40-ish. I am 46 years old. I will be 47 in October. If my math is not wrong. Is, is my math wrong? I don't think so. Anyways. Um, I. No, that's right. Okay. <laughs> you got. Um, I like, am I getting it wrong? Damn it. Because I, I do that sometimes. Because my, my husband. Well, I, I, I have to go. You're a year and a half young. I, I know you're a year and a half younger than me. So I have to then figure out when you ask me that question, I have to figure out my own age. And that's like asking a lot. <laughs> it is asking a lot. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So I don't have to forgive anybody's bad behavior. I don't have to turn the other cheek. I can hold a grudge against you for the rest of my natural life. Not yours, but mine. I can and hold she, a grudge against you after you're in the hole, in the grave, six feet deep, or in a urn. She's born in late October. It's Tara's <laughs> born in late October. It's her birthright. <laughs> she's a Scorpio. That's what they do. <laughs> I don't. And you know what? Holding a grudge against somebody, holding somebody uh, re, holding somebody accountable for their behavior, is not immature, and it is not abusive and it is not inappropriate you are allowed to hold somebody accountable for their stupid behavior you are allowed to not forgive them for the things that they do and setting a boundary for yourself is not a punishment for someone else keep that in your brain because if you learn anything else in your whole life you need to learn that the best skill you can develop for yourself as an adult is the ability to set boundaries. No one in your life, no one, not your parents, not your siblings, not your spouse, not your kids, no one in your life should exist without boundaries. No one gets a pass on that. And no one should be allowed to push through your boundaries like they don't matter. And setting a boundary is not running away from your problems. Setting a boundary is not unhealthy or abusive or what else what else have I heard it called? I mean, it's just it's not. So if you want to tell somebody, "Hey, do not speak to me that way." and they don't listen to you, you have every single right to remove them from your life. Say it again. You have 
every single right to remove them from your life. It doesn't matter if they're your mother, your grown-ass child, your father, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your best friend, your frenemy, whoever, your boss, your co-worker, the bitch that lives next door that steals your newspaper. I don't know. Do they, do they even deliver the newspaper anymore? Yes. <laughs> I was showing my, okay. Yes, was, they I do. I showing my age, but hell, I just told y'all guys my age. So but that's the point. No one should exist in your life to be only a source of discomfort and stress. So yes, I removed the Harry Potter um, fandom from my landscape for a while. And when I was ready... I moved back into the parts that I'm comfortable. But there are parts that I amputated last year that I'm never going back to. Ever. Early on in fandom, I had a really rude experience with the Stargate fandom that I don't talk about too much. I think I might have mentioned it once or twice in passing. Um, I also had a, same, a similar experience with the Sentinel, which was really weird. Because it was like this background campaign to make me write a certain way it was bizarre okay it was just like in retrospect it was bizarre right but this stargate thing let me tell you about it okay i was posting ties that bind and i belonged to a whole bunch of live journal uh mailing lists and one of them was a mcshep list and so whenever i would post a new part ties that bind i would hop on the live journal and announce that my fic had a new part um or a new novella if you want to go read it here it is here are the warnings and I posted a lovely agony. And those of you who have read Ties That Bind know that a lovely agony is probably thematically one of the most difficult novellas in the series to read. It's got a lot going on. Mm -hmm. um, and I posted a very explicit warning about it on my site. Am I mixing up the titles? I do that sometimes. But I'm pretty sure it was a lovely agony. Where they go back to Earth? Stars typing. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So, and one of my characters gets taken to Singapore, and he's flayed alive for his badass, for his terrible, disgusting behavior. And I put in the warnings that uh, that if you were a sensitive reader, um, that you should contact me before reading A Lovely Agony if you had any questions, or if you were in the midst of reading it, and you come across a scene that you felt like you needed a more explicit warning about, please feel free to email me and I will discuss it with you. Well, this person sends me an email bitching at me and just going off on me. They have not read the story. I don't know if they'd read any of Ties That Bind because if they had, I'm not sure they would have sent me this email. Maybe they would have. I don't know. Bitching because how dare I warn, explicitly warn for BDSM and Slash like this and assume that people would be too sensitive to read it. Number one... <laughs> I warned for Slash exactly once before I figured out what I was doing, and I never did it again. Because that's stupid. You don't warn for Slash. I didn't know any better. I didn't even know what a beta was at the time. I mean, I was very new in fandom, and I really didn't know how any of it worked. I'm not making excuses for myself, because I was disgusted with myself once I realized what I was doing. You warn for things that are terrible. Like murder. And rape. Or that, I know what you or are. That, <laughs> or that we, um, that people might need to know about like we also warn for explicit sex which is not a terrible right, thing you know but, but some people don't want to read it right so we warn for it we should not be warning for gay relationships i didn't know any better i did it once or twice i don't remember but i edited that shit 
we all did crazy stuff because it's the fandom norm. And then we went, right. why are we, why are we doing that? Right. So I was like looking at this email thing. What the hell is she talking about? What is wrong with her? So I sent her an email and said, I, that warning is actually about the explicit violence because one of my original characters gets played alive with a bullwhip. I said, I don't warn for BDSM and I don't warn for slash. They are in my mind genres. And I get a response back with one word. You want to guess what it was? Oh. Yep. Oh. Hmm. O-H with a period. That was it. Never heard from them again. And I was like, no. And so I just removed myself from all those live journal groups because I'm like, I'm not putting up with that shit. I don't even want, I, I just, I'm not going to be involved. So I just went through live journal and deleted all those little groups. And I kept like the mixture, like, like the Stargate newsletter or something. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm done. Click, click, click. And I just, I just removed them all because I was not going to involve myself in that kind of fandom bullshit. Right? <laughs> so, I'm used to kind of removing elements from fandom that I find objectionable. I've got a whole list of banned emails or, you know, whitelist or blacklisted emails on Gmail in response to that whole thing with the Sentinel where all those so-called BNFs were emailing me and telling me how terrible I was for ruining the last year's Lot My Fire Awards because my story won all these awards. Um, and I didn't follow the fandom. Um, I, I, I didn't follow their expectations regarding the um, characterization. Of Blair Sandberg. And if I'd only known. I'm going to tell y'all bitches. If I had only known how deep that shit went. Jim Ellison would have got banged like a boss in that fic. I have I have deep regrets about. That no one filled you in about what their expectations were sooner. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> Blair, Blair would have owned that ass. Okay? Owned it. Well, Blair did own that ass, but you know. But yeah, and he, uh, but, he, he, he'd owned it on screen. <laughs> he'd owned it, and he'd been like Jim would have gone to work and been man, guys. I won the fucking lottery. I I I, I won the fucking lottery. Did I'm, you see I'm, my guy? Did you see how pretty he is? I'm not fucking I'm job. I'm just I'm not. I'm gonna have to work standing up. <laughs> <laughs> I needed vacation from bonding because it was great. <laughs> Anyways, expectations, fandom expectations. The thing is, is like, you know, fandom is great. I, look, we have this entire huge community that we've built because of fandom. Um, we brought together, like, with, all, with our writing groups and our fan, you know, with our fandom channels. And we have this really awesome community that we've, I think we're over 1,500 members on our Discord server right now for Crossroads. Um, or was it 14? I don't remember. Um, um, in the end, it doesn't matter. It's about, you know, oh, but one of the things is that, there we go. One of the things that is, I think, important to me is to have healthy boundaries and to be able to police your own boundaries and to remove yourself from a situation if it becomes toxic or upsetting or dangerous. And sometimes we have conversations in various channels that can be upsetting. And it's okay to back away from it and move to a different channel and say, hey, I'm going to go over here and bitch about McKay, or I'm going to go over here and do this instead, which is why we have all these channels and why we have all these different general chat channels so that if a discussion in one channel gets to be more than you can tolerate or it's just something that you don't want to look at right now for one reason or another you can move to another and someone asked them go ahead someone asked me one day why we have three chat generalized chat channels and i says because sometimes somebody's talking about something that is it's not appropriate to interrupt and say oh you know you want to talk about that like they're talking about the death of a loved one or something and that conversation needs to happen 
and it's not appropriate to put in a funny meme right then. And so you go go put it in another channel. That's why we have more than one. When she told me, when she showed me, I was, she's like, look, I'm a new channel. And I said, you want to give these bitches a bar? And she said, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Which is how we got 10 forward. <laughs> well, we were we, in the best, most complimentary way. Well, we were... Um, we were, we were kind of, felt like we were kind of maxing out once we hit, like, um, I think we hit 12 or 1300 people. And I said, I feel like we're maxing out our two social channels. I think we need a third. I feel like for every 500 people, we need a social channel. <laughs> so. so y'all keep an eye out. We'll be, we'll be adding a new one soon. Actually. Well, yeah, we have three. So yeah. We're once we get another couple hundred people, we're going to need to add a, a fourth, but um yeah we try to get people enough not i don't want so many channels that it can't i mean it's some days it's hard to find stuff anyway it's like what what group is that oh we try to make the groupings logical because otherwise you won't be able to find anything um but 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 yeah so um and you don't and the thing is because of the you know the ability to change you know just your notifications and mute stuff you can you know really customize your experience on the server um but fandom is what brought Here's right. It's what brings it all together. Fandom can be great. Fandom can also be really toxic. I was talking with somebody about that um, last night about how there's this thin line between this awesome shared experience and toxicity. And where is that line? And part of that line is pulling your own boundaries because some kind of group and it's a very, very like asked about like the siloed fandom experience. And what I would call a very siloed experience. So, so where, where um, those experiences awful is and and what kind of behaviors they encourage or allow or whatever. Um, witnesses that can be, that you might be thinking, is this a little bit toxic? That's where it's really important for you to understand so that you can either get out or not participate in the mob behavior when it happens. Because these are the kinds of spaces that launch really bad mob behavior. Um, I'm on a fandom server, a fandom specific, actually it's a ship specific server. Um, I actually joined it for research purposes, kind of. It's like, I need to go where the information is. And um, they recently closed the server to be private. And like they, they, they took all the invites. They're not going to add any to the server because they said they hadn't anticipated their growth. And that's fine. They can do what they want. It's their server. Um, I, will say, I will say it's not a very big server, in my opinion. So I was a little surprised um, that, that they're closing They're closing down like anybody joining because they feel like they've gotten like way, way too big. And, and the issue is that there's been a lot of bad behavior and they're having a hard time policing it. And they don't want to kick people off. And they don't want to add more moderators. And they don't want to have difficult conversations. And it was like, there's this really um, weird sort of, we know the behavior is toxic. We don't actually want to do anything to correct the behavior. So we're going to stop more people from coming in. And so we what they're doing is actually creating, it's like, okay, we have this toxic situation. Let's go dump it in a vat of nuclear waste. Right. <laughs> so it's just, it's just it such a bizarre solution to go, um, this things have gotten kind of out of control. People aren't following the rules. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of angry comments, blah, 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 blah. And, 
And so our solution is to not let anybody else come in because we already can't handle the load moderation wise. It's like, well, why aren't you kicking some people off? Why aren't you kicking off these bad actors? Um, oh, well, we don't want to do that. Well, why not? So, I mean, bad boundaries all the way around. Bad, bad boundaries. Well, the thing is, is if you don't enforce your boundaries, you don't actually have a boundary. Right. What you have is, is, um, is a suggestion that no one's paying attention to. More like a guideline, really. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not really real. It's more of a guideline. Yeah. A guideline. But I would rather have two really good friends than 15 asshole friends. Well, I guess it depends on how much you're about to go out and do. Right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on most days, I would prefer to have two good friends. During the apocalypse, I would like to have five, 10, 15, 20 asshole friends because. With a machete. Um, with a machete. So... <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is like when you run a big server like Crossroads, and we're not, we're, we're small comparatively i mean we were curious in the scope of discord we were we were thinking about do we need to become a community server and the community server they're only rolling it out to servers that have 10,000 people take that on board <laughs> 10,000 i was and like also community servers have a lot of rules that we do not want to we, yeah there's some, there's some stuff about community <laughs> servers we don't want to deal with but um so that, that there's the some of the stuff for community servers we just want to deal with but they're right now, they're only rolling it out to 10,000 groups of 10,000. I was like, uh, I, I don't want, I don't want 10,000 people. Do you want 10,000 people? So. No. But then I also think about the fact that when I had a membership on my site, um, I was approaching 16,000 members when I finally deleted the membership. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's certainly possible it could happen. But I will say one of the reasons why almost every channel on this server is and, and not safe for work is because we want to be sure that if anybody comes to the server who is underage, that they are explicitly telling Discord that they're of age every time they enter a channel. Well, the first time they enter those channels. So, you know. All, and for those of, most, most of you who've already entered and said, yes, I want to enter adult channels, don't realize that almost every channel on this server is marked not safe for work, even if it is not intended to be a quote-unquote adult channel. And it's because we don't want kids on this server. I don't want kids in any of my spaces, to be honest. Um, no. I, I write explicit um, sex um, in a variety of pairings and I do not want children on my site. I don't want children to be on my Facebook. Um, I just, I don't, I, I don't want people, I don't want children on our writing server because we have very adult discussions there sometimes. Um, and I don't want children listening to my podcast. I can't control any of that. Uh, I mean, I swear like a sailor, I am not, I'm not suitable. I talk about sex a lot. I'm not, I'm not a good influence. <laughs> Well, it's not, you know, I, I honestly don't even think it's about influence because I honestly think that I'm a very good influence. <laughs> well, when I'm not talking adults, about, but I'm not, I'm not something when we're not talking about, around. When I'm not talking about fisting. I'm a great influence, but <laughs> well, honestly, said, even when you're discussing fisting, you're a great influence because one of the things that you talked about was safety and gloves and a starting fist. <laughs> What'd you call it? What'd you call it? Like a uh, break in the breaking fist. <laughs> a breaking fist. I mean, you're all about the safety rules. So yeah. 
you're you're telling the podcast about the difference between you know risk aware and safe, sane, and consensual, and I'm like, yo, that's just damn good role modeling, Jillian. But <laughs> but not for it's not good role modeling for a thirteen year old. No, we don't want you here, babies. I'm sorry. Go home. Go to sleep. It's it's past your bedtime. Um, it's but. There are parts of fandom where you're like, sometimes you'll be in a fandom group and you're thinking to yourself, am I with adults here? Because you're all acting like you're 14. Right. Look at Vicky's thinking that that's, that's, that's a turducken podcast is the worst we've ever done. She obviously was not here for the fire extinguisher conversation. You haven't posted it yet. And Noah, probably oh. not. Oh, I don't even remember which one it was. I just been marking them all explicit because I can't remember. Um, well, I'm pretty sure... Um, I don't know that I don't know that any discussion that gets into extreme anal penetration is tame, but okay, Ellie. Um, I think she meant that the turducken. Oh, the turducken was tame. Okay, <laughs> not the extreme anal penetration was okay. Um, yeah, and I'm pretty sure, like when I some there are days when I'm reading nine one one fic, right, and I'm like, is this written by like someone in junior high? I feel like this was written by someone in junior. <laughs> Can I just say that one of the most charming things that I read in the 911 fandom is that whole first kiss thing? There's a lot of first kiss. Yes, there's it's it's there's they they had this whole little like I mean it's practically a trope and it's adorable. I love it. It's like they're all this, this sweet little first kisses and I'm like that's just that could be what made me start shipping it honestly. All those little first kiss fix where they're all soft and sweet and trembling for each other. It's just y'all my heart <laughs> there's a fic I can't remember who wrote it but there's a fic where Buck has to wear Eddie's turnout gear one day and Eddie just has this he develops a thing for Buck having his name on his back <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give me my name it's like oh <laughs> it's this whole he gets his whole possessive side of himself he just wants buck to be a diaz it becomes it's a thing it, yeah there are a lot of five in one fix yeah and that one is a five in one fix too but i cannot remember who wrote it star hook a bitch up i want to read it i mean i you know honestly i read a marriage of convenience fic where eddie's parents were gonna take christopher and i was like oh you bastards don't you dare i got so upset and, but then um beck was like we'll, we'll just get married and he's like what <laughs> oh i read that yeah organizing a wedding it's like, oh, we'll take care of it. I'll be your husband. And he's like, it's like, okay, you go, Buck. We got suits. They almost match. We'll look great. I mean, Buck's all in. He's like, he goes from what to we're going to get married. <laughs> and they get married. He's like, we're going to have a wedding. They have fancy pies. And it was just like, he was just 100% all in. And I was like, but the, but, but the first kissing thing, I... Often I think that when I'm writing pairings, and maybe this is, and I am a romantic, and it could, and this, this could be where this is coming from and, and why this kind of hit me in the feels a little bit. Um, but I don't often concentrate so much on that first kiss, on that moment when you're taking a risk, right? When you're leaning in and, and, and hope they lean back, you know? And it's just like, there's like that moment of relief. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, we're going to do you're, this. You're muffled. There oh, you are. I? Yeah. It, that fandom is all, yeah, you, you're, you're good now. You just had this moment of like, it sounded like you were on a blanket. Um, like you were leaning in to kiss somebody. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but they, that fandom really leans into the whole 
the whole first kiss. And unfortunately, the story then ends. It's like, first kiss over. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I did. I, there is a moment with um, Jack and Patrick, but they discuss it. That um, that happens in Catalyst, right? In Sentinels of Atlantis, where um, Patrick tells him if, if, if he's going to do something, he should go ahead and do it. But have you ever had that moment with somebody where you just kind of lean in and they lean back and you're like, oh, okay, we're going to do this. It's fine. Um, but I thought about it. I was, I've never had somebody not lean in. That must be horrible. <laughs> oh, there are some authors that explore that don't lean in. Like one of them just kind of freezes. There's one where like Eddie just kind of freezes and he just like has this, like his, like his brain blanks and he gets up and walks out the door. And Buck's like, Okay. And I was like, I'm sitting there horrified. I'm sitting there horrified. It hit me in all the things I was like freaked out about. Um, I mean, they fixed it, of course, because, you know, that fam that fandom is way too fluffy for, I mean, it is 95% fluff. So. And then 5% terrible. I'm going to tear your heart out. Angst. So there's like, there's just no in between. No, no. I do like to have the, um, I, I'm, someone who likes to have a lot of communication in my relationship and in the relationships that I write. But there's just something really charming about taking that risk and then having that person kind of lean into it too. Um, it's just, and the fandom really leans into that moment a lot. And I, I like it. Um, you can see these fandom influences moving. Um, and especially in a new fandom like 911, relatively new. Um, I just I, I told somebody maybe it was on the podcast that when I go over to AO3 to pick up a new story that or, or a new pairing I often want to go to the oldest fic first so I can kind of see how the fandom progressed and kind of moved and and how the themes and tropes developed through a fandom it's very easy to do on AO3 um so you start to see these themes and these tropes and sometimes these deeply toxic tropes. Uh, move through the fandom from one author to another. Yeah, I and that also only... speaks to behavior because that 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 happens in large groups as well. It's like the, these two or three people will have this one behavior that's being tolerated, and then suddenly there are fifteen or twenty people having this behavior that's being tolerated, and then there's a hundred, and then what do you do? You've got like the server that Julie was talking about earlier. You've got this nasty, toxic situation that no one knows how to get a hold of. There used to be a group on Yahoo that I think probably started out as a fan group for a specific author. Well, it did start out as a fan group for a specific author, run by the author. But the author disengaged. It and it wasn't, it wasn't moderated. Membership wasn't moderated. File sharing wasn't moderated. It got deeply out of hand. It got really aggressive and toxic. Um, there was a lot of fetishizing of Emma Watson in that group. Um, by men old enough to be her grandfather in some cases. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> and um, it just watching, and I was, I, I was only in that group to monitor file sharing because they kept passing my pick around. It would piss me off. Um, I didn't like it because they were sick bastards. Anyways, it, thankfully, Yahoo groups exploded so, or imploded, so that's no longer a thing. But 
when you have, when you're in a large group like that, whether it be on Facebook or Yahoo or whether it's on Discord, you need to watch how the moderators and admins move around the groups, move around the server, move around just how they're, how they're responding to people, how engaged they are. And if you see that the admins and the moderators are not engaged and that there are toxic situations happening left, right, and center, do yourself a favor and set a boundary and leave that group. I know that you that we seek out these spaces so that we can connect with other fans and other readers and other writers. But the best thing you can do for yourself mentally and emotionally, especially in a situation that in a situation that we're currently in that's ongoing and will be ongoing for quite a while, is like I know that there's this this isolation and this loneliness, and you're seeking out these groups so that you can connect and feel safe and feel comfortable and explore something that makes you happy. Um, but setting a boundary for yourself is the best thing you can do. And when someone mistreats you, you don't have to forgive them. When you turn the other cheek, sometimes it just gives them the opportunity to slap you in the other side of your face. And then, and then your whole damn face hurts. And, and what do you've got? What do you got? Nothing. A heaping pile of disrespect in a sore face. I think I took that metaphor too far. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing about the the toxic spaces, I think sometimes people stay in toxic spaces because they um click. That might be it. There's a couple that with he gets like goofy about Buck we're having his name. This could be it. Um Star's usually really good about finding the nine one one fix. Way better than I am, because there's a lot of Buck Eddie fix for a fairly for a fairly new fandom. Um so we think it's called random. It's called Better Together by Random Fandom Blogs 09. That's all one word. Um, but when it comes to um, these toxic spaces, I think some people stay in them even when they know it's toxic because of fear of missing out. Um, you know, am I going to miss out if I leave this? You know, um, Sachi said in the chat room that you don't have to accept apologies. I'll take that further. Number one, you don't have to accept apologies. You're absolutely right. And it is a very, very, very powerful lesson to learn. The other side of it is, is even if you accept somebody's apology, even if you forgive somebody for their bad behavior, doesn't mean you have to accept them back in your life. Right. Forgive and forget is probably the most toxic um, uh, little thing we say i can't remember what that kind of saying is um but it's probably one of the most toxic things we say because the thing is when you forgive and then forget you're doomed to do it again so for forgive, forgive and move on yeah forgive and move on is good but you need to remember yeah um, absolutely it's not but a, it's not a, it's i remember a, this girl in college she did something to me that it's, it, in this couple of things it, it wasn't a very big deal but i felt betrayed and she eventually apologized to me and i said um thank you i i accept your apology um and then the next day she called me and asked me to go out with her and i said no and she said but i thought that you accepted my apology i said i do accept your apology and i even actually forgive you for what you did but i do not trust you and you cannot relearn and you cannot there is no circumstance where you can re-earn my trust that's gone we're not friends anymore and we won't be friends ever again. I said, I'm not trying to be mean or cruel, but you put me in a position that was unforge unforgettable. You just, you, you, you can't go back to that. And there, there's some things you, sometimes you forgive something like uh, you forgive little things from people. Um, I had a friend who, um, um, 
got drunk one night, made a really heavy panded pass at me. I was like, <sighs> I forgave her when she was sober because she called me. She's like, I, I'm really sorry. Uh huh. Um, we should have talked about that when you were sober. You should have put your hands down my shirt when you were drunk. That's what I mean by heavy handed. She put her hand right down my shirt and grabbed my tits. And I was like, oh, okay. well, well, well that... not only have you been not talking to me about something, but you have really bad boundaries. <laughs> um, wow. I'm leaving now. Um, but I don't forgive that, you know, I mean, I, mean, I forgave it, but, you know, and actually we stayed friends, but anytime she wanted, I'm like, I'm not drinking around you. Hope you understand that. You and I have a boundary. We don't drink together anymore. But there, but there are also you people need to do, do acknowledge that there are circumstances and situations and behaviors that are not forgivable, and you're yeah. not required to forgive somebody. Um, and I think one of the most um, toxic things that I hear come out of people's mouth is that, well, you have to forgive them. They're sorry. Well, first of all, motherfucker, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Yeah, the whole idea that forgiveness is like if somebody apologizes that you have to forgive them. No. Forgiveness is supposed to be, if, I mean, um, apologies are supposed to be for the person that you wronged, not for yourself. So if you apologize with the expectation of absolution, and that's the only reason why you're doing it, then it's not for the person that you're apologizing to. It's for you. When I was little, me and my cousin used to have this thing that we agreed that saying, I'm sorry, wasn't actually an apology. And his mother lost her temper one night with me. And she smacked me. Ooh. And my mother came unglued. And shit got I'll real bet. in that house. <laughs> um, and the next morning, we're sitting at breakfast. And she said, um, she said, I'm sorry to me. And I looked at her. I said, okay, well, I'm willing to hear your apology. I was like seven. And she said, I just gave it to you. I said, no. You described how you feel, but that's not an apology. And she got mad at me. And my mother told her, you need to actually acknowledge what you did and tell her you won't do it again and apologize. And she said, but I said, I don't actually care how you feel. Me and my aunt have never had much of a relationship since because she couldn't apologize. I mean, I take care of her because she's old and my cousin can't stand her. Um, and, you know, I make sure she has everything she needs. But um, I don't trust her. I don't blame you. And I guess about 10 years after that, she bumped into me at a family thing. She says, oh, I'm sorry. I said, I know now. I know you are now. Apologize. I looked her right in the face. She's still sorry, by the way, in the purest definition of the word. Some people can't. They, they can't apologize. Sorry as in pitiable? Yeah. And... This woman in my email. I mean, I'm I'm waiting for a big giant ass abusive email to, to be you know to come to come my way. To be honest, um, but I don't care. Um, I'll probably just send her a screenshot of her own email in the next email. <laughs> just like, screenshot the email, add it to my collection, attach it to her, send it. It's just like it's just throwing gasoline on a fire, isn't it? I don't actually care how angry she is, and I what I would say is that the process of forgiveness actually begins with an apology. And an apology begins with an acknowledgement of your bad behavior. Not an excuse for your bad behavior, but an acknowledgement that you behave badly. 
And most people are simply incapable of it. And online it's worse because they don't anticipate consequences. They don't tolerate consequences. And they feel like consequences are unfair. And once you get somebody telling you that you're not being fair, the best thing you can do for yourself is disengage. And if you can't disengage, be an asshole. Like I was today. <laughs> I have never enjoyed attaching a file more in my life. And I'm, I, I know it's asshole behavior. I know that. I acknowledge that I behave badly today. But the assumption is galling. The audacity is... Fuck them. Fuck them. And if you police your boundaries with sarcasm and assholery, acknowledging it is the first step to getting better boundaries and earning a PhD in assholery. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Police your boundaries however you need to. The important part is that you do. Because there's no point in telling people you've got a boundary if you're going to let them walk over it. Because then, it's like I said, a guideline or a suggestion. I mean, you just got, like I said, it's the line, the witch, and the audacity of this bitch. <laughs> but to revisit something we were talking about earlier, don't let fear of missing out keep you in a toxic place or keep you from policing your boundaries. Because sometimes we don't tell people you're exceeding my boundaries or I'm not going to tolerate that because we're afraid that they'll walk away or whatever. And then we won't have whatever, whatever we think is going to happen. We're going to miss out on if they're gone or we're going to leave, we leave a space and we're going to miss out on whatever's going to happen there. If we're gone, um, you'll find something else. You'll find a, another fandom. You'll find a new fandom. You'll find a new, new fandom place to be. You'll find a new, um, you know, explore whatever it is you want to explore. I always get a little, like, like, I get, I have a little twitch about when I see what looks like a very narrow fandom space, like it's very siloed, and I watch for toxic behaviors, and I've never actually been in a very narrow fandom space where I didn't see a lot of toxic behaviors, but it's possibly possible that it could exist. Um, so, you know, explore and do, I mean, I still do it. I still go into them. I still get involved and I turn around and leave. Um, so explore, but you know, you gotta understand where your boundaries are. You need to understand yourself and what you're willing to deal with so that you know when your boundaries have been exceeded and you know when it's time to get out. And that's really important to be able to function in a safe way for your mental health and your emotional health in fandom spaces. Because you can go from a really encouraging, uplifting, positive online experience to a toxic cesspool in one click of a mouse. So you just got to be really careful about understanding what you find to be acceptable and where your limits are. And don't shift that line. You have exceeded my assholery limits. <laughs> May, I, I need, I need, I need to, <laughs> did you see this? What? Someone in the chat room says, it's actually ironic because the comment was my them coming to my fic and informing me that my fic was towing the line of being unacceptable for them. And a list of don't do this and don't do that moving forward. So she's trying to set boundaries for you on her, on your fic. That's actually fucking hilarious. But that's not really a boundary. You know what that is? 
That is reader entitlement. And we have a dozen or so of podcasts on reader entitlement. They come into your space. They come onto your post. They come onto your fic. And they say, well, I want this, 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 and that. And I never want to see this, 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 and this. And don't you dare ever write anal sex again, motherfucker. I'm putting anal sex in every story I write. Speaking of which, I wrote the filthiest anal sex scene for um heart of a lion i should actually subtitle that fic heart of a lion john shepherd is a filthy bastard because i, I was like when i got this i was like what, what what how did i get here and i blame you actually jillian me um, yeah what did i do the whole was thing it the, was, was it, it the lack of sex what oh no <laughs> Oh, actually, no. It was your, your, it was your <sighs> cock of a centaur. Not quite that bad, but it was actually. Um, I, I wrote that scene not long after we had that whole discussion about fisting and and there were there was no fisting, but it just was it the was it the do you take it in the ass video? Yes, it was. No. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, I've I've done that. Um, the pegging thing. Um, but it was. It, I'm just kidding about blaming her too. I I own my words. They're uh, they're my fault. Um, <clears throat> but there's this kind of reader in fandom who assumes that you want to please them. Right. They uh, they assume that you want them to come back and read more of your work. So they want to tell you what you can do to make them happy. And whenever I encounter one of these readers, I want to tell them, bitch, I don't care if you cry. And I don't care if you read my work. So you don't have to come back and tell me that you're not going to read something. Or you don't have to comment on my fic and say, I don't normally read this, but I made an exception for you. I know you mean well when you say that. I love those comments as long as it's not passive aggressive. Somebody tells me I don't normally read this trope, but I decided to give it a go, and man, this blew me out of the water. I'm like, thank you. But if there's some passive aggressive critique in there, I'm like, fuck you very much. In your eyeball. Wow, Hearse. Wow. <laughs> That's what happened in my fic, Hearse. I mean, not the whole part, but just the ass part. I wrote I wrote a really, really hot sex scene yesterday. It was nothing but rubbing off on each other, though. I was like, how is this working so well? But then I realized the whole thing was written in present tense. And I was like, oh. You know what bothers me most about this sex scene? Based on what I know and what I've read, I don't think this sex scene is happening between the two people that I want it to be happening with. It's not. Mm -mm. Didn't think so. Mm. So now I'm kind of mad at you. Uh, uh, it's not. But the sex scene that's going to be, the sex scenes that are going to be happening between them are going to be banging. Okay. I have plans. We'll see how it goes. I have plans. But I, I was just really surprised. She has sex plans. Uh, sex plans. <laughs> I, have, I have lots of sex plans. I was just surprised the frittage kind of worked out as well as it did. I was like, no, oh, that, that worked really well for me. But And then I went, oh, but it's present tense. What happened? That's <laughs> 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 what you get for writing for three in the morning. Actually, it's about two in the morning for you, wasn't it? Yeah. Ish. <laughs> The first time she said it, I thought the same, same damn thing, Hale. I was like, is that how you say that word? I didn't say it out loud. But that is, yeah. Because I always said fraudage in my head. I had no idea it was frottage. <laughs> I mean, you 
There, I mean, I don't know. Frottage might be like an American pronunciation, but frottage is how I've always pronounced it because it's French. <laughs> That's just like the first time I heard her say the word homage. I was like, wait, it, is that how you say that? Um, um, <laughs> well, you can. So that one does have two pronunciations, homage and homage, which I can't. I can't. I actually have to pause to say I homage. Know, I've, I heard I've that never, pause because I've, I've never, always said homage until I heard her say it. And I was like, wait, is that how you say that word? <laughs> yeah, because I, I have to actually I hear I know people pr do pronounce it homage, but I have to go. I have to I have to. It's difficult to get it out of my mouth because that's not how I ever learned to say it. Homage. <laughs> <laughs> The other one she got me with the other day is she kept saying this word. And I was like, what word is she saying? This was during the podcast. I was like, is she saying metered? No, she was not. I mean, that's how I say the word, but that's not how she was saying it. Was how I do you say this word? Metered. Okay. You were saying another, another word the other night. Yes. You were saying Mitered? that word. You were saying something. Um, oh, oh, like we're talking about people mitering out their, um, their work. Yes. Oh, yeah. How do you spell that? Like like Shadow spelled it. Okay. And I was like, I have always said both those words the same way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do re me. <laughs> well, this is this is what happens when you when you got a when you got a group of readers is you sometimes you go forty five years of ever having heard a word. But you read it like a thousand times. Yeah, you know yeah. it. You know exactly what it means. You can spell it for sure. But you're like, wait a minute. Is that how that word is pronounced? I had no idea. That's how I found out that ordinance and ordinance aren't the same thing. <laughs> right? They're pronounced exa almost exactly the same, but they're, there's, there's an I difference. I did not know they were not spelled the same. I really did not. I was like, well, damn it. Now I have to go back and check and make sure I've used the wrong one repeatedly, I'm sure. Good for you, Tim. People, intrusive comments from readers are definitely something you've got to have a good boundary around. Now, see, the thing is, one of the things that's going to happen is at first, um, your boundary is going to be clapping back. And over time, your boundary is going to change. It's not so much your boundary. Your boundary is be in the same place, but your response when people try to exceed your boundary is going to change because there's going to become a point at which most people who are being intrusive are going to just make you roll your eyes and you just delete the comment because it just stops being worth your time. And I'm not there saying, came, yeah, I'm not saying a moment. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying one way is right or wrong. It's just, there's going to come a point when people exceeding your boundaries is going to garner a different response from you. For me, there came a time in fandom where I started framing that behavior as a consent issue because I'm like, I did not actually ask for this. I did not consent to this. I'm not interested in your non-consensual beta. And the first time I said that to somebody, they got really bent with me. And I was like, well, what's wrong with me saying that to you? Well, that's not that. That's not that you're, you're treating it like it was an assault. I was like, you behaved in a way towards me that I did not agree with. That I did not ask for. And that you did not ask me if I wanted. If your behavior wasn't non-consensual, what was it? They unfriended me on Facebook, but <laughs> because they had no answer for it. Yeah. Uh, well, people, because and we've and this comes back to that thing we've talked about: is people's only contribution is their critique. And when you deny them that, when you deny them their contribution, they feel like um, you're invalidating their presence in fandom or something. And I'm sorry if your whole presence in fandom is based on intruding on the work of another without 
permission, then your presence in fandom deserves to be invalidated. If your whole presence in fandom is basically being a troll, fuck you. You serve no purpose. I know that's rude. Someone's listening to this and thinking, Kira, you bitch. Okay. Well, maybe you're maybe you're one of those trolls. I mean, get over it. I put something in the bulletin board once on the server. Let me find it. Skipping over that asshole. That was a head pat. Thank you for being nice. Fandom brouhaha. Jelly head, you know, jelly head patting people for being nice. Where did I stick this? I don't know what you're looking for. I thought I put it in bulletin board, but maybe it was in the rules of the road. I did. Hold on. I can't remember the term that I used. Oh, that's what I said. If you have a higher than average negative social potency, then this is not the place for you. And I think that some people do have a higher than average negative social potency. And it is people who thrive on making others unhappy. They thrive on toxic environments. They they thrive on creating toxic situations. Or, you know, you could just call them a psychopath. Um, they, They really, really enjoy being a troll. Yeah, and we're not talking about they will your come average into com- a group dynamic. Like, go ahead. And so this, we're not talking about your average comment or who leaves a passive aggressive comment or whatever. Talk about people who are actively, you know, being a troll. That this is this they feed on this, this confrontation and the drama, and they they feed on it. I mean, this is someone who would jerk off on your misery, okay? <laughs> and I mean that. I laughed when I said it, but I actually mean it. Um. They these kinds of people in fandom, they they crave it. They crave the the negative, ugly behavior of others, and so they instigate. And we work really hard to keep that kind of person out of our groups. And we've encountered a few. Yeah, and there came a point when moderation wasn't enough, and we dismissed them from our space. Yeah, we have one person that was, um, and actually one of the mods sort of really summarized their vibe and the issue with them was because we, we we tried to moderate and they said that they described the person's vibe as come at me, bro. Um, and it was perfect because that was it. It was like they were constantly felt like they were spoiling for a fight. It was like everything was a confrontation, even the littlest, most benign social interactions could devolve into a confrontation. And we were constantly getting um, messages from people. I need to block this person. I'm like, you go ahead and block whoever you need to block. Or, you know, did you see this? Did you see this thread? You know, and I wasn't even online. I'd have to go in and delete 15 messages. And one day I had to delete so many messages. I thought about just archiving the channel and making a new one. (laughs) Which I think is probably something that we should consider doing. If like there are 50 or a hundred messages, because what the fuck? Archive, make a new one. I mean, because why? What? Why? So you know, and but we've got we've got a great moderation team on the server. Um, there's not really there. There was originally gonna be a difference between the gurus and the mods on the server. There was gonna be a significant difference in that we recruited the gurus to be um, for the fandom space and to kind of help you know keep the fandom stuff lively and healthy and 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 a lot of it was around their specific fandom interests to make sure we didn't have fandom channels that didn't have a guru who who was um um 
who, who understood that fandom. But anyway, um, but then the panorama happened, as Kira calls it. And because um, it's everywhere. Well, it's everywhere. <laughs> and we knew our social spaces were going to be much busier in a lot of ways than our fandom spaces. And the gurus stepped up. They stepped up like, whoa, to help keep our fandom, our social spaces safe. And um, I can't be online 24-7. Either can Kira. Um, so the mod team can't. So, you know, we've got a really good, and when we when we were growing, growing, we recruited additional mods. And they're, they're amazing at helping to identify this person's like kind of being a little bit aggressive. We might need to talk to them or whatever. So they're amazing. And, you know, we try to, it's not about, you know, some people, somebody said something about it was like censorship. And it's like, I wanted to like throw the definition of censorship at their head because that's not what censorship is. We expect everybody on the server to act like an adult and to be able to communicate like an adult. And sometimes people have a bad day. I don't think anybody, unless somebody was really egregious, nobody has gotten kicked off for like one bad day but we expect people to be able to come back and from a bad from a bad from an outburst and say hey i really was having a shitty day i apologize i will i will moderate my behavior better in the future that's being an adult and if you can't do that this is not the place for you it's just not and we did have the you know when, when kira put that post up about what did you call it negative what negative social potency negative just- social potency it's a thing. Google it. It's really interesting to read about. Um, when 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 she when we had that was in response to this person that we'd had multiple conversations with, uh, just finally losing it one day, and we're like, okay, this isn't for you. This isn't for you, and that's okay. Not every space is for you. Go find something that's much more confrontive. Go find a place where people want to fight. This is supposed to be safe and uplifting. We've got a few secret spaces for people to go and talk about the things that are upsetting when they need to talk about them. But other than that, this is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be help part of your self-care. It is not supposed to be contributing to the problem. <laughs> Someone just said adult in mind. Actually, we, we, we consider ourselves an adult, an adult space across the board. I mean, there are some channels you could go in and you would actually see a penis swinging around. I mean, literally. Um, that was not an invitation. No. I, I'm 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 really past the dick dick pic phase of my life. I think I was past that phase like 25 years ago. But anyway, um, when she decided to go full lesbian, just to, <laughs> a half lesbian, um, I'm, I'm just messing with her. I'm messing with her. Okay, um, don't don't come for me. Um, but there is like all the channels on our server are this adult for a reason is because in any single one of these fan, uh, ch- these channels, there could be a discussion that is, gets extremely explicit. This is what happens when you have a, ser- a a discord server that's run by a porn writer. Yeah. I mean, there's, there could be dick <laughs> or pussy <laughs> or both. Um, somebody, I want to address some- extinguishers. You just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I do like the fisting chant. The fisting, the fisting conversations are my favorites, way more than the dick ones. Um, but somebody, somebody commented up above, um, and I wanted to address it. Said that there, in fairness to some people, a lot of people were brought up in fandom believing that, that that those kinds of comments were helpful. It takes time and work to change your mindset. This is very true. Fandom does teach people to um, that at least when I was brought up is. To leave those kinds of comments, to to tell people what's wrong with their story, um, it's a weird mentality. I don't know where that actually even came from. 
it's like somebody decided that fan fiction was a was a training ground and that we need to treat every fan fiction that goes up like an like a, a, a assignment being graded so yes that's true and, and if you want to approach those kinds of comments when they come your way with that in mind um you can say you can be gentle with somebody and say you know i've i've actually said in my profile that i don't appreciate this kind of comment so i'm gonna ask you not to leave them again if they do but it again what, what i would also say is that there is this toxic belief that when someone has a disgusting opinion or a terrible behavior that we need to give them time to adjust and to get over it. No, we don't. Well, I think it, my, it's my uncle is 82 years old and recently his grandson introduced himself because his grandson was born his granddaughter and his grandson came to him and said, I would like you to call me this name and I'm a boy. And my uncle took him down to his favorite store where all his friends were and introduced him to his new grandson. And he's 82 years old. And if my 82 year old uncle can gain a 26 year old grandson and take him down to his favorite bait and tackle shop and buy worms and go fishing with him, then you can decide today not to be a fucking asshole. I, I agree. I will say just as, as a counter, counterpoint to that is that there is a difference between tolerating somebody being racist or being a homophobe or being a transphobe for any duration of time and somebody ignorantly thinking that giving you constructive criticism is helpful. Um, well, you there, know how I feel about constructive criticism. I know, but there is a, this, it, this, it's not the same scale of behavior. But and I think to, that's a hot topic for me because I was told that I had to tolerate a, a member of my husband's family because they were old and she hated me because I was white. So... I mean, I get, I get it. I don't, I, I get it. But I just, I just think that there's a, like, I don't think that we should tolerate because tolerating racism is tacitly being racist. Well, yeah, tolerating um, any behavior, you know, any abusive behavior is condoning that abuse. So, right, which, which means, because it's like, yeah, because I was, I was having this discussion with somebody about the difference between being not racist and being anti-racist. That there's a there's a difference, and that fundamentally being not racist was tacitly approving of racism, because if just saying I'm not racist, but I'm not going to stand up to somebody who is a racist is tacitly approving of racism. What's so, that old thing about if you sit down at a table, if if one man sits down at a table with nine Nazis, you've got ten Nazis. Right. Exactly. So, but I mean that's is a. And I don't even think it's that, that there's a difference between saying tolerating that kind of behavior and when you've got a fandom dynamic that for that hugely teaches people to give concrete. You've got Facebook groups and, you know, people encouraging people to go out and give concrete on stuff that it is to think that, that person is a raging asshole for that one comment. Except we it, both know it's not just one comment. Well, but. It might be the first comment on your work and they might back off. I'm just saying that to me, it is not the same to assume that they're an irredeemable asshole because of one comment when you've never heard from them before. It's not the same thing as saying this person's like putting them in league with being a racist. It's just, it's, it's a different scale well, of behavior. No, but how many times have you told somebody, Hey, don't do this. And then they come back in with all these excuses about why they should be able to do it. Most of the time they do, but not everybody comes back with excuses about why they should be able to do it. But most of the time they do. 
and most of the time they do. I so, think that I think that personally, you have to set a. I set a personal boundary for me that I do not allow this from anybody. Because if you because if you allow it from one person and allow this one person to excuse away their behavior, then where's the line? I'm not saying I'm not saying allow it. You're you're that's not what I said I know, at all. I know. You, I'm just you, talking in general. I'm just, I know, but I'm just, just you 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 basically equated anybody who leaves a critical comment on a on a piece of fandom with being a completely irredeemable asshole that we shouldn't. And I just think that it's a little bit more nuanced than that, especially when people are new into fandom and you've got a majority of Facebook groups and discords and all these spaces telling them to leave concrete and they're ignorant. So some people will learn Maybe the most, most of them won't, but some people <laughs> will learn. So I don't, I'm not going to tolerate it from anybody. I'm going to either say something or I'm going to delete their comment. But, and usually if it's a first time commenter, I will say something to them. But I, I don't think it necessarily means because somebody said, you know, I don't think this pairing really works. I don't know that I think that that means that there are, well, you know. I don't actually consider that, that, that definition of concrete, which doesn't exist. Um, but it's because that's not how they leave concrete and you know it in fandom. No, of course not. No. <laughs> because what not. they're really doing is heaping upon you all of their expectations. And when you don't agree with it, they abuse you nine to 99 times out of a hundred. And then they excuse it as, oh, well, such and such top. And this is what I've been doing for years. I've always done it this way. I don't know why you have a problem with it. If I had a dollar for every time I'd heard that. And the thing is, I don't even think it's criticism. I agree. It's their wish list. It's how they wish the fic was different. Um, And don't do this and don't do that. And how dare you do this? And I can't believe you did this. And it's just like this heaping pile of shit. And then they say, well, fandom's always done this. Or they say, well, oh, I'm new to fandom, but I learned this. Really? When did you learn this if you're new? If you're new, but fandom's always done this, where did you get it? Well... I can point out several. If you really come on, if you come onto my site and you see a story and you see 50 or 60 comments, you won't see a single one of those comments that has concrete in it because I don't allow it, right? So, and then you go to the bottom of my site, on my story, and you look at my comment form and you load it up with all the shit you wish you'd seen in it and you call it concrete. Whereas there's not a single other comment on that page like it. Well, but that implies that everybody, pe- people are reading all your comments. And I actually find that to be very, to be slightly strange behavior too. They do though. That's the I weird know, part. I do know people <laughs> do go and read. The only time, the only, I admit there's some, t- there are, there are occasions when I go and read some comments, but it's more like, I, I can't say anything about this, but I'm wondering if anybody else did. It's kind of a weird kind of. Right. But also I have got people who are subscribed to my comments. I'm not even subscribed to my comments, y'all. I just approve them from the page. I don't get them in my email, you little weirdos. But, and we're not arguing, by the way. We're having a discussion. This is what adults do. But it's just the idea that we have to give people time to correct their behavior flew all over me. And it is a a personal bias on my part. I acknowledge that. But I don't actually have to give anybody time to get over their bad behavior. Because I'm not a rehab facility for adults. I mean, I agree in your own space. You don't have to give anybody time. But the reality is people are going to take time to get over their bad behavior. Um, (laughs) Because they're not going to get over their own bad behavior. They think their own bad behavior is fine. And you're the one with the problem. (laughs) 
But then, you know, she did have a really awesome moment recently, right? Was it recent? Where someone who was a real dick to you years ago came back and apologized for it? It was it was probably six months ago or so, I think. Yeah. Re- relatively recent awesome. in 2020 terms. Yeah, well, she I think she came back to reread one of those stories and saw the thread. Because this happened in the comments. Because that's the only time that really negative comments get up on my site is when I'm pissed enough to respond to it. Otherwise, they just get deleted. Um, and I was pissed. So I responded and it turned into kind of a little bit of a f- comment brawl. And she came back and responded, you know, commented and said that she you know, like didn't know what she was thinking. But, you know, she apologized. And I was like, okay, well, thank you. Um, but I mean, there are times that I have gone and um, like read somebody's comment. But there, I know there are people who read like all the comments because sometimes like somebody will comment and say something on one of my stories and I'll kind of, it's quite, quite a questionable and I'll approve it. I actually stopped proving a questionable stuff because um, I realized there are people who were subscribed to my comment section who were like defending my honor. And I'm like, you do realize I read that comment, right? <laughs> it's like, they're also itching for a fight, right? Right. right. I'm like, don't brawl my comment section. It's okay. I got this. I got this. You look so cute on your little horse with your shining armor. It's adorable. And if people need to take if people need to take time to get over how they how they interact in fandom, that's cool. They just aren't going to be doing it on my site, you know, or in my face. I don't want to see it. <laughs> if you need to rehab your personality, you do that shit in private. We don't need to be involved. But I agree. When and I maybe hear they do about- have an epiphany. Maybe one day they do wake up and say, "You know what? I've been a real cunt. I should do something about myself." Or sometimes they become a writer and they're like, wow, I really did not realize what this was like. I am so tired of people telling me what to do. And it's like, yeah, it kind of sucks. Doesn't it? Isn't that a little uncomfortable? (laughs) Well, see, that's the whole thing about the negative social potency, because that kind of behavior is rooted in mental illness. Although, actually, we do have a fair number of people that are particip- participate in the group who participated on my site or your site or Rough Trade who have remarked that they have changed their commenting behavior because of the podcast or things that have been said. So some people do have an epiphany about that kind of thing. Um, but those are the people who actually genuinely don't set out to hurt people or upset people. Right. And they listen. They listen when, when somebody is um, unhappy. But see, but unfortunately, there is this element, this toxic element in fandom. Like, actually, no, what? Not even in fandom. There is this toxic element in humanity <laughs> that thrives on misery, that enjoys it when you're upset and when you cry, and they don't want you to be safe, and they don't want you to be comfortable, and they don't care if you have a meal tomorrow, and they don't care if your children make it to next week. And if your house was on fire, they wouldn't call 911. They would stand out in, your, in their front yard and maybe record it for Facebook. You live around these people. These people are in our spaces. They're in our grocery stores. They're unfortunately also in the voting booth. They would be happy to set the whole damn planet on fire if they could watch the misery that was the result. Yes, this is true. They, you, you talked on a podcast about the guy who his wife found out he was an online troll and his wife was asking for help from like, you know, the agony aunt, whoever it was. Um, and she told him, you know, stop or we're going to get divorced. And he wouldn't stop. I barely he, remember that. I have the worst memory y'all. Cause he was, <laughs> he was, 
He was so addicted to being a troll that he gave up his marriage for it. I mean, that's fucked Sorry, up. Sorry, Ellie. The thing is, is we know people like this. We, we are related to people like this who are so self-involved, so addicted to their own entertainment, so profoundly invested in the misery of others. If you've not read about negative social potency, I, I really suggest that you do because it is eye-opening. And I know that I sound um, jaded. I am. Um, well, you can only put up with so much from fandom for so long. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I love my, I, I love y'all, but I hate some of them. <laughs> I, 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 I had my first big break from fandom after only two or three years. I was my first. I can't cope with this crap anymore. I'm so sick of the entitlement. And, and the thing is, I was at that. I was young in fandom. I was, I was told that I had to put up with this behavior. Um, I didn't know any better. You need to develop a thicker skin. Oh, yeah. My, the issue was the thickness of my skin. And the thing is, I've always been a little delicate on that front. <laughs> right? You're just too sensitive, Jillian. I am. I'm um, being an asshole on purpose, guys. I'm not actually telling her that. But that's what we hear, right? Oh, you're just being too sensitive. You need to let it roll off your back. You need to develop a thicker skin. It's not personal. The last time like, somebody told me it's not personal, after they personally attacked me, I wanted to punch them in their whole face. I didn't because they outweighed me and they were taller than me, but I wanted to. <laughs> I'm only five foot four. Most people are taller than me. <laughs> There's a. And I think it's sometimes when someone also, tells you it's not personal, it's 99% personal. It's personal. It may not be personal to them, but they don't get to decide what's personal to you. I'm like, hello, this is about my writing, dickhead. That's about as personal as it gets. Um, yeah, no offense. When anybody's time that we starts or ends with no offense, no offense, but, or they say something and they go, no offense. I go, oh, offense taken. <laughs> um, I don't mean to be offensive. I don't mean to be racist. I don't mean to be sexist. I don't mean to be homophobic. I don't mean to be transphobic. I don't mean to hurt your feelings. Well, then stop. Right? Um, then just stop. Just stop. That's all it takes. Just stop. Yeah, th but the thing is, I do recognize, I don't want anybody to think that I don't recognize, or Kira, even Kira doesn't recognize that there's not degrees. Like somebody, I re I've got on my, a finished works on my site, I think there's 64. 64. I have I no think, idea. I think. Um, I only know this because I have a spreadsheet. I'm sure you do too, oh. but I have a spreadsheet. Oh, I actually do have a spreadsheet. Hold on. I've, I've never counted them that way. Oh, I'm going. Going to my So somebody and somebody, I got a new reader, and she's read everything, and she's commented on most of it. Okay, and um, apparently she has no fandom boundaries. I've learned oh. this. Oh, honey. Um, so it's fine. She, the thing is, most of her comments have been fine. Some of them have been very nice. To this was just to, as simple as this was a lot of fun. To I really enjoyed this, and sometimes, you know, and then and then she gets to one story, and it was like. After like 30 or 40 comments over over about a week of her trolling through my site, um, they were all fine. They were all nice. They were all it was this one comment where I felt like she lost her mind with this wish list of things she wished had been in the story. But because I had had this perspective of her already, what I read in that was I'm so enthusiastic about this, what I just read, that here's all the things my mind is spinning on. I kind of filled in some blanks because I had like 30 
good comments from her in a row, practically, that gave me some perspective about this one comment that to me was out of the line. I was able to read a little bit between the lines a little bit different. I don't normally give people the benefit of the doubt that way. And the reason I don't is because I don't have any reason to. But because of interactions like that, I do recognize that there's sometimes nuance that is impossible to get. And that's one of the things that's important to remember when you comment or when you interact with somebody online is text lacks nuance. It has no tone. It doesn't convey enthusiasm unless you put it there. Unless you put it there. And a lot of times people don't. And so is somebody just super enthused and they are running off at the mouth or are they obliquely criticizing you? You know what? A lot of times you can't tell the difference. And the only reason I could tell with this one person is because she had been enthused 30 comments in a row. <laughs> you can see that when they're really excited about going through all your shit. And I do mean all your shit. I have a ridiculous number so far. I'm going to have to like do some math with a calculator. It's I'm kind of embarrassed. Okay. You can't, you can't just tell what, what line on the spreadsheet you're on. Uh, well, I could, if I didn't have, they're separated into columns by fandom. Don't don't pick on me yet. <laughs> I'm delicate. I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> and I know earlier I probably got I was a little bent, but that was like a personal trigger for me. And um, if I upset anybody, I apologize. No, I, uh, I, but, I totally get it. I get when I, when I see on when I see people commenting on Twitter, we have to give people time to stop being racist. I lose my mind. I'm like, no, we don't give people time. We got to give grandma time to stop being a racist. Oh my god, my grandma did, had no problems, you know, which of course she was never a racist. But you know what I mean. But my uncle really impressed the fuck out of me. So I just wanted to share that too, though. He was just he called me. He said I have a grandson, and I was like, what? I hadn't been told because the, the thing is, is he only had granddaughters. He had four of them. Um, so now he has three granddaughters and a grandson. And he's super excited to have a grandson. It sucks, right? Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great that he finally got a grandson. <laughs> it only took him like, you know. <laughs> it's the oldest too, so you know, he had to wait 26 years for her him, but we got there. We got there. One good thing actually about the whole thing is that um while their name was not gender neutral, their nickname was like, for instance, it would go from Samuel to Samantha or, Sa you know, in this case, Samantha to Sam Samuel, that's not their actual name. But so Sam remains the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But it's like that. <coughs> <coughs> um, so uh, 164. 164. Oh, so you got 100 fixed more up than me. That's okay. Um, but it makes sense. You've got like 2 million more words posted. Um, yeah, 3,544,000. Yeah, I think I'm like at 1.3 million. Um, but so somebody, um, yeah, when somebody starts going through your site, reading everything and commenting on everything, it gives you a perspective on what they're, what they're, they're like. But when my only interaction with somebody is one comment where they're bitching at me about the things that aren't in the story, it's like, I just, How, I, I you know this, this fic would be so much better if it didn't have dragons in it. <sighs> <laughs> Go get off my dragonfish shifter story. <laughs> she actually got that comment. Sort that of. Was it wasn't, that was, yeah, it was from a beta. beta. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I told the beta, I was looking for a beta to beta because uh, I was still in that mindset that I had to have a beta reader because, you know, it's my, it's my first fic back into fandom, you know, first 
you know, really back in as a writer in fandom. And, um, and I recruited left, like I have to have a beta. So I'm going to, I'm going to get a beta and this beta is going to help me get my story in shape. And the first thing she says is that she reads like, I don't know, like two or three chapters and said that she thinks the dragons are unnecessary and there's all these things I need to do. And it would be better if I might. She basically you? wanted you to watch ABO fic. Yeah. 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 It was before you. It was before you, Nilani. Um, who who wound up baiting, baiting for me. Um, but it was just, it was so bizarre. Like, why would you pick up a story that you've been, you've been given the brief on what the story is and then tell the person you need to deconstruct your entire concept of your story. That's 230,000 words or 212,000 or however long it is. Um, I was like, no, you do realize the dragons are the, like the central part of this. You can't just take it out. But yeah, I think she did. I think she did want an, an, an ABO. And don't even get me started. The most abusive comment I ever got on emergence was the person who was furious at me. What a coward I was for not for, for the, I had the perfect setup for Mpreg and that I didn't go there. And what a coward I was coward, no less. And the thing is, you and see, I've talked this about is this. where the petty ass part of me would never, that I would repeatedly write stories where male preg would fit and then not write it. You, you do have a higher spike quotient than I do, but the this thing is, is Mpreg has always been implicitly possible in that universe. It's impossible. It's possible now. It's because they're they are um, they're like a third gender in their dragon form. They're capable of both siring and bearing young in dragon form. So if they stayed shifted and banged as dragons, which you know happens, um, they could bear live young. It's possible. It's implicitly. It's in my world building. I just it hasn't ever come up. So, but man, the whole, it was such an abusive comment about what a coward I was. I was like, wow. The thing is, is there, there really wasn't anywhere in your plot where a pregnancy would have worked. No. Especially since they would have had to have been a dragon for a year, right? Yeah. Cause that, they, it's, it's a, a human pregnancy. couldn't have carried a dragon. No, he'd have had to stay in dragon form the entire time. Um, and there would come a point that they wouldn't be able to shift back if they got pregnant and they'd be stuck. Um, but this the whole story takes place over a relatively brief period of time, like a couple weeks. I don't remember my exact timeline. Yeah, yeah, Hale. It's like it does take place over like two weeks. It's a very short window. That where is there going to be a pregnancy? That takes a whole damn year. <laughs> this is when pacing <laughs> and not trusting your readers to 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 decide your pace is important. <laughs> Um, in emergence, they this this dragons they're not exactly I'd say I'd say they're well they're mythical beings so they're not exactly reptiles so they appear reptilian in that sense they don't lay eggs and they're not exactly mammals they but they bear live young in that sense I guess you could call them mammals so they would have dragons and how long would their baby be a dragon until it decided to shift until it was old enough to know what shifting was. Well, it would it would have a kind of an instinctive. I my in my head canon is that when its parents shifted, it would probably freak out and shift. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I get. It's I, like I, I oh, can't. my 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 bearer has gotten tiny. I must get tiny too. Or it could just be that it's like a instinctual response, like that they would shift with their parents automatically, yeah. Yeah. repeatedly. So that's the way that it worked in my head. So I did write up a whole thing about how the pregnancies could happen if it were to happen, blah, 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 blah. But man, it was just such a hostile comment and how that they could never read my work again because I'm such a coward. And I was like, because I didn't write Mpreg, really? 
that's our bar for cowardly writer is you didn't go to what is basically amounts to a weird trope on a good day. <laughs> I'm not trying. I'm not judgy. I've read it. Okay. I, I-, I might write it Where someday. My favorite fix and stargate is surrogate. By yeah. C- it's great. By C- I love C- it. And John gets pregnant for Rodney. It's Literally. Sorry. I've read it. There are times it really works for me. More often than not, especially in the NCIS fandom, it does not work for me. I find I don't think I've ever read an NCIS Embrake story, or I didn't know about it because it was just like what? It's like <laughs> no, no, like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, procedurals. It doesn't work. But anyway, it's getting, I, you got to have a hook. You got to make it possible. So I've read it. But on the on the other hand, it is one of the more head tilty tropes to come out of fan fiction, and I do think that's it originated in fan fiction. I know it's crept into original fiction but so i read we talked about surrogate specifically before in a podcast um and how i when i first entered fandom i was opposed to male preg and how i kind of shifted my opinion and surrogate played a large role in that and someone emailed me and told me that um that if i ever decided to write a male preg story that i should write a trans man because that's the only legitimate way there could be a male pregnancy and i wrote back and i and i asked this person um, why I couldn't write a fantasy male preg, and she said because it's just they said I don't know I'm just I'm I'm assuming she, um, that that it was unrealistic and awful and um that that trans men had babies um already, um, and so <laughs> I wrote back and I said, you do realize that there are men, just men, born biologically male that fantasize about giving birth to a baby, right? Carrying a baby to term, having a baby of their own come from their body. You realize that that's a legitimate fantasy that biologically male people have, right? They never wrote back. Like I am all for writing a trans character that has a baby. That would be great. I would love to see it. I would like to see how it goes, but to assume that that's the only legitimate way to write it because that, because that's what's feasible is terrible. Well, it's the only. And it's, it's devaluing a, the fact that there are bio, biological males who would probably really like to have that experience. Yeah, it's it's just and this comes. This is another kind of intrusive comment: is people deciding what in your story, especially in your Hobbit story or your um, start your Stargate or MCU story, is 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 reasonable. You know, I love when people correct the science in an MCU story. I always respond back with miniaturized fusion reactor fuck you do not <laughs> criticize the comic book science in a comic in a fandom that has a miniature fusion reactor in somebody's in chest, somebody's chest. <laughs> it's ridiculous and yet they're telling me that my comic book science my science is bad it's like uh, uh, there's definitely a huff of judgment i don't know who said that earlier but it's true it was that was an eternal huff of judgment, but yeah, you know. So there's there's that behavior, and we we talk about reader entitlement, and we t- we talk about writer entitlement and where that comes from and how that develops. And a lot of times, you see writers encouraging the very behavior that we don't want readers doing. Yes. Um, tell me what you think. Tell me what you want. Actually, the most. If you see any problems, let me know. That is actually whenever I see that comment, I want to go. Oh, honey, no. Help me name my original character. And I want to write them and say, motherfucker, if you started this story knowing you were going to need an original character and you didn't name your goddamn original character before you started, what the fuck is wrong with you? 
I started making me Nate name my original characters that bot. Of course, sometimes it takes me five or six tries of the bot to get to give me a name that's tolerable. Because I'm like, what the fuck, bot? What are you doing, Picasso? Those names are terrible. It actually is a great picture of Tony Stark. I'm saving that. That is that I, I saved it too. It's just some good biceps and good chest there. Can I tell you the discussion I have with myself about whether or not, see, I recently reorganized my fanfic file. Um, and I, you know, I, I put all my Harry Potter um, works in a, um, I don't want to look at file, um, which I've already forgotten what I called it. Cause I'm deleted that particular file and made new ones. Anyways, what I did was is I separated by genre. Do you know how hard it was for me to decide whether or not the MCU belonged in science fiction or fantasy? Science fiction. That's, uh, that's I chose science different. fiction, but <laughs> it was iffy. But you you made a comment that, well, that in that same discussion where you're trying to decide if Hannibal's urban fantasy, I was like, it can't be because there's no romance in urban fantasy. Go to the corner. I was so like, I couldn't even talk. I couldn't even <laughs> talk to you. There was barely any romance at all in the actual show. <laughs> that that's not that's not true. They loved each other. It, it was a weird it was weird romance, but it was still. It was weird courtship, but it, it was... I, I, I dare you to say they weren't courting each other. <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face. I, I would not even try. That being said, I do feel like it could belong in urban fantasy. No. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> that's... Or that's even, a, honestly, it, even paranormal, because Will's ability was beyond the I, actual if, human experience. If you, want, if you want to put it in paranormal romance, I, 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 I'll still fight you a little <laughs> bit. I, I don't think it's paranormal romance, but it's way more paranormal romance than it's urban fantasy, because that's just... You just... know. See, here's the thing which differs between paranormal romance and urban fantasy. In an urban fantasy, if you remove a romance, do you still have a story? The answer is yes. In a paranormal romance, if you remove the romance, do you still have the... A story? The answer is no. In Hannibal, could you have removed the romance and still had a story? The answer is absolutely yes, because that's the actual canon of the book. The book, but not the show. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it they doesn't matter. They could have done the book. They could have done the show just like the book. But they could have, but they didn't. And the fandom is based on the show. It ain't based on the books. <laughs> we aren't. We aren't. Our, our channel is not an ode to Anthony Hopkins. It is an ode to Mads Mickelson, basically. I'm aware. I see those pictures every day. I'm just saying that you could remove all those elements and you would still have had a very good, very powerful, very interesting show because those two men were really super fucking talented. I don't know that I think it would have been the same without... Without it would have their, been different. It would have also probably been psychologically damaging on a level that But that's a different show. If you take that if you take that out, it's a different show. The show we had had a romance subplot that was significant and they pulled it the whole way. And I don't think you could remove it because it was it, it was both of their external and internal conflict the whole way. I it just it's a different show, is my point. Could you have removed it and had a different show? Sure, but you could say that about any romance plot. Is if could you remove it and have a different story? Yeah. But the thing is, like, if in some instances, like with a paranormal romance, if you remove the romance, you basically have nothing left because the romance is the central plot. In an urban fantasy, the romance is a subplot, and the romance the in Hannibal was not a central plot. See, I don't agree with you. I think, the, I, think I, I don't agree with you because I think once you take that out, 
I think that you have gutted anything but Monster of the Week. The well, central, the central myth arc of the show, the central thread that they pulled was about their relationship. You take that out, you got a series of Monster of the Week episodes, and that is a completely different thing. So we what will you agree get is to actually the movie Red Dragon, but. <laughs> Yeah, we so we will agree to disagree on this point because I don't think I think without their relationship as the unifying thread that is pulled through all those se- all all three seasons, I don't think you've got um, a show. I don't think you've got you got a completely different show is what you've got. Yeah, but it's still a show. Anyway, but, I did put. Um, I'm not even sure where I put. I'm not even sure where I put my Hannibal folder. Why? Did, why did you sort by genre? I was just wanted to do something different. Okay, so what I did was is I had fantasy, original fic, procedurals, and science fiction. Okay, I mean that's 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 pretty macro. I mean, I I don't think anything would get lost in that particular structure. But all of my work is romance, so yeah, yeah. But I mean, I just don't. I mean, sometimes if you got too micro with your genre, you'd lose stuff. But if you just if you grouped it by sci-fi, fantasy, and procedurals, okay, yeah, you're not going to probably. Okay, so in my fantasy folder, I have Hannibal, Harry Potter, Teen Wolf, and The Hobbit. Now, see, I would have put Hannibal into procedurals, so. Um, Except that they lose that procedural after a while, right? And if, and, if I, and if I was going to write it, I wouldn't write the procedural part. And that plays a part as well in organization for me. Like, how am I going to use this fandom? How am I going to use this pairing? But see, I could never sort by genre. And the reason is because I write crossovers. So I would never be able to find anything again if I had sorted things by genres. Um, I, I, uh, huh. I put the Sentinel on procedurals. But I put the Alpha Chronicles in fantasy. I need to move that. That's uncomfortable. Okay, let me move that. <laughs> well, you've got, some stuff, you've got stuff in Alpha Chronicles that is fantasy, but I would have called the Sentinel Procedural, even though it had fantasy elements. But you, you, it got to make sense to you. What do well, you mean, I OneDrive? Did the, I, did, I did put the Sentinel in Procedurals. Yeah. But so I had the one- Alpha Chronicles separately. What do you mean OneDrive doesn't let you move folders or group fix in any meaningful way? I don't understand what you're talking about. I mean, I could have OneDrive anywhere. Like, I could have folders in anything. I back I up tons, to OneDrive. Yeah, I have tons of folders in OneDrive. The thing about Jilly, someone said we were disagreeing. We're not. Well, we are, but it's not the same. The thing about Jilly is that you want to have a person in your life who stimulates you intellectually. Who makes you think outside your little box that you make for yourself? Because we all make our own little box. And so having someone who's challenging your perceptions and challenging the way you do things is good for you. It's healthy. It is you it it nobody needs to be agreed with all the time. I mean, my favorite words are you're right, but um you don't nobody needs to he- that to be there, the only thing they ever hear. Let's see, let's see what this woman did to me. So after she made me watch 911. So I can read her fic. Um, I said, okay, I'm going to need some recs to make, make, to make myself feel better. So she gives me this list of, of uh, people, authors and stories. This is a big list. And I, and I copy and paste it into a text document so I won't lose it. Now I'm about halfway through. Soft Satan is awesome, but also perfectly named. Um, halfway through this list, I get this note. And this is only something that you would get from Jilly. Where she says, I find all these authors generally competent. Well... <laughs> I, I went up, I, I stood up, went and got myself some tea, sat back down with the list and thought to myself, you know, if I was in the 911 fandom and I wasn't on this list, I'd be mad. <laughs> Those are authors that I've read at least more than one of their stories. I'm like, okay. 
it's just it's it's actually very high price indeed. Actually, I'm being for real. Um because <laughs> she's real picky. <laughs> well, I'm very careful. I don't I have this thing. It's like when somebody says, Would you recommend this? I'm like, I kind of freeze up and I want to go, I want to give them the disclaimers, but that's rude. I don't want to ruin <laughs> I, I don't want to ruin the story ahead of time by telling them there's big pacing issues or that they use parentheses all over the place or <laughs> <laughs> or or better better yet i like this author but not everything they write's my cup of tea <laughs> well it's true i mean because I, I, I did tell you that that not there's no author i've read everything that they've ever written that just doesn't exist because if i look at somebody's oh, something that's got a, a trope i don't like i go no and i move on but if if an author's generally got good craft and i've read more than a few of their stories i go okay i'll put them on the list of authors to be <laughs> Considered generally competent. <laughs> Ellie, I find you generally competent. You are one of my generally competent authors. So there. <laughs> I giggled so hard. I I just sat there with my coffee and just, just, just giggled. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was talking to anybody else, I probably would have used different language. <laughs> <laughs> but everything I read was great. I, I had great Rex. But. But Soft Satan has has named herself very well. Himself, herself, theirself. Isn't Soft Satan the one that wrote the story where Christopher sees dead people? Yes. Isn't that Soft Satan's story? That story broke I my heart. I couldn't read it. Oh. I had to put it down. Oh. I, I was like, I can't read it because when I real when when he comes and asks Christopher if he's seen Buck and Christopher denies it even though he was just talking to Buck, I thought, oh god, I can't I I can't read this. So I just closed it. I can't. That was rough. I can't, I can't that was read it. I probably should have given that generally competent, but some of these authors really like the rip your heart out kind of. But um Soft Satan, I highly recommend. I enjoyed everything that I read, but I couldn't read that one because it hurt me it it, it 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 hurt my feelings. I will add to the Soft Satan wreck. Soft Satan is also generally a competent bookmarker. <laughs> A generally confident bookmarker. I like I that too. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't read everything that they've bookmarked. But if you don't want to dive blindly into the fandom, their bookmark list is a good place to go. I mean, there are some. There's a few things on their bookmark list that I have hard know about. But you know, most of it's like yeah, yeah. yeah. What I did is I went into nine one one, picked the tag for Buck and Eddie, and then I sorted it for ten thousand words and above. And then I went to the very last oh, page and started 10, there. And ten thousand words and above, you're not going to find anything. <laughs> I had quite a bit to read. I had like thirteen pages of um after that, and I just read through everything I wanted to read, and now I'm done. And now you're done. I might go back and read some of the short ones, but I actually don't like to read anything under ten k. Says a person who's actually written a lot under ten k. I just I will say find stories under 10k kind of unsatisfying. Generally, I do think this fandom, because it is such the fandom norm around 5k, is such the norm that that the authors have a really good handle on doing a solid, complete work in 5k. It's not just throwing the beginning of something at you. However, it does mean that a lot of those stories end on the first kiss. <laughs> well, I did read a collection of first kisses that were like two or three k a piece they were adorable yeah um but short story craft is 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 fast becoming a lost art form and um i'm real picky about that i'm probably more picky about my short story reading than she is because <laughs> i get well, bent I, i'm like that I was a scene 
That was I used, half a scene, and fuck you. <laughs> I used to, used to be worse about it, but I have to tell you, nine one one kind of got me reading more shorts because there just isn't a ton that's oh, some of the longer stuff. Actually, I found some of the worst craft in the longer stories. Um, I'm going to throw down a hundred k of Marriage of Convenience thick at you one day. I I will take it. I and actually I would love <laughs> I would love to write a marriage of convenience between those two. I think it'd be hysterical. I have an made, idea. I feel like they already have a marriage of convenience. <laughs> I have an idea. You remember Buck's hoe face? I think Buck should still have a hoe face, frankly. But okay, I actually want to write a series about you know sexually sexually confident fucking everybody everything that moves Buck. But go ahead. I look forward to reading this. I do deeply. Um. What was I going to say? Oh, so I th- we should stop recording. Um, <laughs> yes. Sorry for the cock tease. I shall. We're gonna we're gonna t- take um uh an about an eleven and a half hour break, <laughs> and then we will be back to start the ride in at eleven o'clock central. If you go over to Riding and Junk, you will see the article was a listing of the times that we gathered so that you will know when we're going to start. We're going to do an hour, an hour of plotting podcast, and then we're going to do two hours of writing. So I hope you guys are geared up. You need to get your snacks, your water, your tea, and your coffee, and we'll be there. And we're going to do some writing. We're going to we're going to we're going to work that bot out tomorrow. We're going to plot. We're going to write. We're going to we're going to have a good time. The the podcast will be over here like usual, but the writing will be over on Just Right. So if you're interested in participating in the write-in, join Just Right tonight and go get familiar with things so you're not lost tomorrow. And it's just now we love that you guys like to hang out with us, but the write-in part is just for writers. So if you go over there, we're just going to be working. There isn't going to be any kind of conversation, okay? It's going to be 20-minute sprints for two hours. Um, 20 minutes on, 10-minute break, 20 minutes on. So there won't be any time for chit-chat or socialization during the writing period. And then we'll be back over on Crossroads to do another podcast until we finish up at 11 o'clock at night. So it's 11 to 11. No, we'll be covering whatever prompts. There's, there's, a lot, there's more prompts than we'll be able to get to. We'll be covering whichever prompts we're inspired to. Yeah, we're going to use the whole prompt calendar yeah. to kind of meander around. We'll, we'll bounce around to whatever we feel most inspired by. So I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend, and we'll see a lot of you tomorrow. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, eventually I'm going to get caught up on my um, podcast editing and get all those up. And I don't even know how I'm going to structure the the plotting sessions. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, so, but thank you for hanging out with us tonight and I hope you, um, got something out of it and, um, we will continue our next group therapy session next week. Say good night, Julie. Good night, everyone. <laughs>